Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is February 14th, Valentine's Day. We're here to talk WWE SmackDown. But don't forget, we have post shows for Raw for this SmackDown, for this Sunday's NXT TakeOver. But we also have new shows like The List in Your Boy and The Distraction. Make sure you guys check those out. But uh, the guy who's going to lead this Sunday's NXT TakeOver show, as is tradition now, uh, uh I don't think a lot of people realize this. I'm I'm never on the takeover shows anymore because I'm always doing the Triple H media calls. So Warren, th- those are essentially yours now. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it a breath of fresh air? <laughs> Wouldn't that? Uh, when we call that? Yeah, that's we exactly. Call it it's suffocation. Like springtime comes early. Delightful. Suff- suffocation. I think you would call it not a breath of fresh air. Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Oh, yeah, can't have enough of a good thing. Check out the numbers, and we'll talk on Monday. Do I really want to do that? I don't know, but you guys <laughs> for sure want to check out FightfulSelect.com. I, as soon as I get it signed off on by the person that I've been talking to about this, I've got a story that will interest a lot of you. I can't pretend it's going to interest every single one of you, but there are a lot of you uh, that a particular story I'm working on will, intro- or will interest you all in. FightfulSelect.com. I dropped my Q&A show over there, over 150 questions answered. If you want more coverage for NWA, 205 Live, New Japan, Beyond, all that stuff, Steven Jensen has the Weekender podcast every Monday and Friday, well, whenever he gets around to it. Alex reviews Raw and SmackDown for Sour Graps, but I had lots of news on Select this week. Uh, Stuff about Bad Luck Fale's contract, about the AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan relationship. How often Vince McMahon is or isn't around these days. Just a ton of stuff. Backstage news on Simone Johnson at the PC. Lots of stuff. FightfulSelect.com is the most direct way to support us. But if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, you can send a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Tim Traver sent us one. He said, I had a super crappy day today. Well, I hope it gets better, Tim. Tim is one of our most loyal followers, a great dude. 
Uh, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Last plug here, Saturday, noon Eastern, uh, our newest shocking facts video is posted covering some shocking facts from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, big thank you to our boy Camilo for helping put those together. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. SmackDown, they're, they're bringing out the big guns in February via satellite for most of them. <laughs> Now, it was announced today that Hulk Hogan would be joining the show, and I presumed it was via satellite because of how they did the the Goldberg thing last week. I'll say this. Because they announced it today instead of, like, Monday, I think that's far less of, a, of an offense than what they did last week. I thought that was pretty outright false advertising last week for people that bought tickets, Warren. This sure. week... Not so much. They already had a sold out crowd. Vancouver was rocking tonight. They were, they were thrilled. What did you think when you heard that Hulk Hogan was announced for this show tonight? You mean like overall? Eh. Yeah. But, <laughs> eh, it, you know, for good or real, it's, it's, it's Hulk Hogan. You know, it, for, forever we will, we will be talking about Hulk Hogan moving forward. As far as his legacy is concerned, we'll be talking. There'll be a left brain, right brain type of situation where you you it will you can't deny his contribution and what he helped create as far as wrestling and bringing it into the pop culture, the zeitgeist, if you if you will. But then on the other hand, there's Hulk Hogan, the human being, of course, which is always which is always interesting to talk about, and a lot of people. Don't like to talk about it, but as far as uh, as far as him him appearing tonight via satellite, I think this was the best way because yeah, last week it really did give the impression that Goldberg was going to be live, and uh, you know I I don't think anyone bought tickets to see Hogan because it was announced today. I think it was yeah. well done, avoided a lot of backlash, and um, yeah, but it's interesting though that over the past couple of weeks. You know, uh, Goldberg last week, Hogan this week, Goldberg next week, Cena the week after. Is it, are we feeling a little desperate? Is there a little in case of emergency break glass, break like, the Hall of Famer glass? It's like they shouldn't have yanked Brock Lesnar from that brand. Or maybe they should have had something sent over for him. <gasps> Gee Willikers. Wow. Well, tonight there's no revival. There's no new day. There's no Nakamura. There's, uh, who else is missing from this? Uh, there's quite a few people that are missing from this show. Uh, Lacey Evans, even. There, there's, you know, it's no Sasha Banks either. So there, there are some people missing. Uh, we, you mentioned John Cena. He will be on the show after Super Showdown. That's an insurance policy if I've ever seen one. And you know who else isn't going to be on that Super Showdown show? Daniel Bryan. So, no matter what happens, you got John Cena, you got Daniel Bryan. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad to see John Cena back, and SmackDown needs him. SmackDown mm -hmm. needs him. And, the, you know, I always say I just wish they would explain one time, one line, one thing. I wish that would they would mention on commentary, like, yeah, Raw got Brock Lesnar, but Raw also worked out a deal to where SmackDown got first dibs on the Usos, Naomi, Sheamus, John Cena. 
Because mm-hmm. if you remember, the, the snowball effect of John Cena started in like 2016 when he wasn't drafted near the top anywhere there either. And so that that would be, if he were rolled into that deal, it would make it seem a little bit more more even, so to speak. And But, but then again, John Cena is a free agent, if you do remember, yes, Sean. Yes, I do. I do. He can, he can flip from brand to brand and it's at his whim. He's, he's got the Undertaker contract. And I'm okay John. with that. I'm okay with that. There are certain situations where I'm like, cool, fine, whatever. When it was Brock, I was not cool, fine, whatever with it because he was a no. freaking champion. Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a big problem with tonight's main event. I'm going to go off on it. We will talk about that then, but, uh, the thing I'm going to go off on, I'm going to sandwich my going off ons. This moment of bliss shit was so bad. Mm-hmm. From from the first thing, like Michael Cole didn't even sugarcoat it, and her sidekick Nikki Cross, and I'm like Jesus, man. And then we get them out there. Who's your celebrity crush? I'm not even gonna try to do the accent. Oh fuck! So here's here's the funny thing. Here's here's a very funny thing. Gisberto okay. Guzzo, who did a lot of writing for us back in the day, when that segment went on, <laughs> he was like, it's Bradley Cooper. I wrote the article two years ago. He's like, that's who the celebrity crush is. <laughs> I was like, spoiler alert. They can't even, they can't even keep consistent with this. And Damn. I mean, and I mean, we got to stay contemporary with the times as well, right? Yeah. Brad Pitt. Maybe in 2005, you hey. know, people would would still be going around saying, "Oh, that's my celebrity." There are lots of others going around right now, and you know, you could even make an argument that Bradley Cooper might be just on the verge of being passe. You know what? Brad Pitt might be my celebrity crush. Did you ever hear what he did to Harvey Weinstein? No. So uh, you know, not not to go off track here, but I think this is worse since he was name dropped. Like. Decades ago, Harvey Weinstein made a pass at Gwyneth Paltrow when he was, when Brad Pitt was dating her, and Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't really in position to stand up to him, had two, two films left on a contract. She goes and tells Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt hauls ass over to Harvey Weinstein's place and says, hey buddy, how about this? You do that again, I'll fucking kill ya. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I know a lot of people don't really care about this stuff. There weren't a lot of people that were saying that to Homeboy back then. No. And Brad Pitt leveraged his fame into doing that. So, hey, you know what? Homeboy's good in my book. But, (laughs) to the contrary, do you know the story about where Brad Pitt almost got killed? No. I feel like I'm being educated tonight. Brad Pitt goes out on a date, a young Brad Pitt, probably, probably a decade before this. Goes out on a date with a young lady who, uh, if I if I have the story correct, is still living with her ex-boyfriend, ex-husband. He gets there and he is threatened by said ex-husband. Do you know who said ex-husband is? Mm-mm. Let's try Mike Tyson! <laughs> so when you stare down the face of an angry Mike Tyson, then what, what is Harvey Weinstein? What yeah. are you going to be scared of after that if you survive this? Damn. And this is like prime Mike Tyson, right? It's oh, not like yeah, yeah. 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 That knockout in six seconds, Mike Tyson. Whew. Bite your fucking ear off, Mike Tyson. Yeah, sure. that one. Yeah. That one. It's F-Bomb Friday here on Fightful. We've let him fly tonight. 
Jam and Cito Gomez says, any Dolph Ziggler lynch mob running around Vancouver? What? (laughs) What am I missing here, Ward? Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone hates Dolph Ziggler now. More so than usual. I mean, he he ruined our boy Otis. He ruined his chances tonight. I can't wait to see Otis Otis. (laughs) I can't wait to see Otis. Otis. Kick his are ass. You, are you having you're having a Nikki Cross moment, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I can't write. We all know who we all know who Mandy's celebrity crush is. It's Udis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So Carmella comes out and I am so over these women being told. Because I'm Carmella and I'm money. Because I'm Naomi and you're going to feel the glow. Because I'm Sasha Banks and I'm the boss. Why do these writers think that that's some sort of point? Let me tell you, buddy. I've covered thousands of MMA fights and some real big ones. I've never heard Conor McGregor say, Because I'm Conor McGregor and I'm Mystic Mac. No, that ain't how it works, buddy. I'm John Jones, and I'm the Bones. It does not happen. It and does just, not happen. You know who? It doesn't. There ahead. was one time. I want you all to look up Paul Buentello. Paul Buentello tried to make a catchphrase work in MMA. He said in all of his interviews, don't fear me, fear the consequences. Then he beat somebody, and he got in the cage, and he goes, okay, guys, you ready? Don't fear me. And nobody said shit. He goes, come on, the consequences. No, never worked. Never worked. This is so stupid. I do like that she blamed Sasha Banks on her and Bailey not being friends anymore. That yes. was good. That the, was good. the, 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 you know how sometimes we, 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 we say, you know, that the writers are maybe a little disconnected or maybe sometimes having some, some representation in the writer's room would do some good. When yeah. I see a segment of pro wrestlers start, and it turns out that it's two women who sit down, and the first thing they start talking about is, who's your celebrity crush? It it feels it, it feels like it's been written by dudes who try to figure out what girls talk about. You know? It's like, oh, they're going to sit around, and they're going to sip their coffee, and they're going to talk about who their celebrity crushes are. It's stupid. And it ultimately, it's not even that hard to write for women wrestlers because guess what? Here's this, here's a, here's a secret. They're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. If you write wrestling stories for your wrestlers, whether they're male or female or anything in between, it will work. We will get behind it and they will become characters that we will be compelled to listen to instead of what happened tonight and and honestly they just could have done all completely away with it sean they, they yeah. we didn't even need the opening segment why did we need the opening segment the 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 seeds for this match were set were set last week they literally could have started oh was it because was it because we needed to move the match it 
move it to the beginning of the show because it was planned later, but we didn't know what the planning yeah. of the show was. What's the point? It literally could have started with Carmella coming to the ring, then Bailey, then starting the match. It was really that simple. It added nothing, absolutely nothing. Well, that, that is how it transpired. Bailey came out, Carmella wanted the match, and a match it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren, I love being right, which <laughs> happens very often. And I had, uh, here's the thing. I respect our readers. I love my followers. I love the people that ingest and consume our show. I love it. But occasionally you'll run into a dummy. And I had one Colin Carmella to move Mella. Weird. He wasn't online tonight, I don't think. Odd. 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 Mm. Uh, didn't seem to remember the match that me and Alex referenced a couple years ago where Car- where Charlotte was returning and Carmella carried her through that match. Mm-hmm. And, uh, tonight we saw Carmella have Another great match. And I had people say, well, tell me, okay, when since then has Bay- or Carmella had an awesome singles match? Well, hold on, guys. Tell me when that's been her role the last two years. Because if I remember correctly, she was Mixed Match Challenge Girl and Comedy Relief with R-Truth and then 24-7 Champion. Her job was not to go out and have really good to great 10 to 15 minute matches. But it was her role tonight and she did it. And it was awesome. And they mm-hmm. had an outstanding match. Now, admittedly, I wanted some more story for the buildup, but it looks like we might be getting that. Carmella had a great showing. Just yes, uh, she <laughs> did the Mella go round, the suicide dive, the body press after Bailey had missed a body press and did that well. Hit her head scissors, forearms, a super Frankensteiner that the crowd mm-hmm. bought as a finish. Bailey did the Bailey to belly and Carmella kicked out and I loved the finish. The code of silence is applied, which is developed into a really good move. Mm -hmm. And then Carmella rolls through and applies it again. But Bailey had punched out her elbow, which is such a good thing. So good because it does affect the leverage. Bailey ends up turning this around into a pin and uses the ropes. God, I love this match. I loved it. Yep. I, I, I loved it tremendously. Uh, Carmella, I mean, you've pointed it out how ma- numerous times how she was saddled with uh, Enzo and Cass and she ends up being the most successful of that trio and she showed it again tonight. There's, uh, there's a, it's good, right? And, and it, to me, it's even a greater testament to what she's capable of doing where she has been Essentially, uh, you know, entertainment. She, you know, she she'd been saddled with our truth for the better part of of 2018, and she did great with it. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but she wasn't wrestling. She, like you said, wasn't put in in any positions where she needed to have long matches. She was barely wrestling at all. And then they dust her off, and they said, "All right, Carmella, we're putting you in a in a program. We're probably going to involve Naomi in this for the for the title. So uh, time to step up." And guess what she does. It's as if she didn't miss a beat. She's just like, boop, boop. And that requires a certain amount of talent and confidence in what you're doing to be able to do that. That skill, man, to be basically cooled off for, what, nine to ten months? 
and then be tossed back into a 10-minute match and be able to pull something off like this? And Bailey sold for her? Yeah, there was no surprise here. Bailey, uh, Bailey made her offense look great, but it wasn't that hard because the offense did look great. I love the pace of the match. I, uh, I the audience was into it. The the near fall that uh, off the ba- the the Bailey to Bailey, what the audience was completely into it. That was great, and I as well loved. The, I loved the fact that all Bailey needed to do was just punch the arm out. There wasn't anything convoluted. It's like, oh, she's trying to twist around. It's like, nah, man, boop, just bend off to get the leverage down and, and and roll her over for the pin. I love, I love the match. I absolutely love the match. So Carmella told me last year that she was happy to do whatever it takes. She said that she wanted to have fun and make the most of her time and that she got to show a lot of different aspects of her character and that not a lot of people get to do that. They're kind of pigeonholed into one sort of character. So she wanted to keep doing that and change things up. And I think that she does it super well. Q's Basic Cooking says, any news on Sasha Banks? Will Mania be off the table? Uh, they hope it's not, but I have not heard any updates since the Royal Rumble. She was not cleared there. And that's, that's rough. That's tough. I, I hope it's Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania, but the thing is, I can't fault WWE for not doing that if Sasha isn't healthy. Sure. <clears throat> Sasha's gotta be healthy. So, after this match, Bailey attacks Carmella, and then Naomi shows up. And she and Carmella beat up Bailey. Bailey backstage later on says she's defending her title at Super Showdown. Carmella wants a title shot and says she deserves it. Hey, if you saw the, the finish of the match, sure. Yeah, she does. <laughs> then Naomi shows up and she goes, I'm going to show them the glow is real. Bailey's never beaten me. And I'm like, that doesn't mean you deserve a title shot. Just because you show up and somebody hasn't beaten you doesn't mean that. Now, what would mean that is if she said, you know, guys, Carmella didn't pin me last week. My shoulder was up. Mm-hmm. That Even if it was an accident, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. What, what, what the hell? Why, mm-hmm. why not just do that and make some sense of this? Because if there's anything that I do not like, it's that, oh, well, I'm going to show you all that the glow is real. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? She's got a great entrance. She's a spectacular athlete. Uh, these lines, they got to stop giving her these lines. It's not doing her any favors. But Carmella and Naomi have a match next week. Sure. I'm cool with that. And hey, when Naomi wins it next week, she deserves a title shot. So whatever. I think this is being properly built. I think we're getting some, we're getting into very interesting story, uh, into an interesting story because they're, they're mostly telling the story in the ring, right? There's no, there's no shenanigans. There's no nonsense backstage. It's just like, uh, it, it, it it's, it's basically women competing. It's wrestlers competing and that's what it's all about. Uh, and I agree with the title stuff. However, Naomi's look tonight, in my opinion, screams title shot. She looks, yes. that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. 
Stick the hair, man. Every week she comes out looking different, and I love it. It's such a star quality to not come out there every week with the same makeup, the same hair, the same T-shirt, the same gear. She comes out, and she looks different every single week, and she always looks awesome like a superstar. Like a super, like a queen, man, is what she looks like. It tonight she was remarkable. Um, I'm digging where they're going with this, and and you know what? If this ends up being a triple threat, yeah, I'd be super cool with that as well. I think it'd be great, uh, and it would all it, it would give all three women. What what's great about the triple threats is that it's it's easy to play off everyone's strengths and sort of. You know, do away with any with any weaknesses that that may be more prevalent in a longer singles match. Yeah. So I'm completely cool with that. Uh, right now, this uh, the way they've been doing the the how they've been building the storyline for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Doing good, I like it. Reminder: If you're watching live on YouTube.com/slash Fightful, I'll leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. But you can leave a super chat. We will read your question or statement on the air. Um, by the way, uh, yeah, that, that if they were gonna run back Naomi, why why didn't they just have Bailey trip her up or something last week? Sure. Like, and hey, I'm pretty sure that was legal last week too. It was a triple threat match. She could have done whatever, but cost her the match. Give her a reason. Give mm-hmm. her a reason there. Jonathan Reyes says, Otis versus Ziggler to headline Mania? I'll tell you what, if it headlines SmackDown in a couple weeks, I won't hate it, depending on how this all goes. Let's go ahead and get to that. We see Otis backstage being talked up by Tucker. Mandy waiting around at the restaurant. Mandy finally turns around and says, Otis, I was worried. And it's Dolph Ziggler. That son of a bitch! So I got a few questions. One, why is Otis so late? If that's well, the case. That's, that's the thing. Okay, let, let's start with that question here. And I, I pointed that out on social media when I saw when when we saw the shot of Manny in the restaurant, and then the next shot that we see about the date is Tucker and him with the flowers in his hand and they're still in the arena. I'm like, my God, man, what are you doing? She's what? at the restaurant. Also, go, why did man. he go to the arena? I don't know. Uh, also, Force of habit? What kind of contract does Mandy have that she doesn't have to work like two or three Fridays in a row? <laughs> like this what this I'm pretty sure this wasn't outlined in her kayfabe deal, by the way. But well, you, know, you never know. Maybe she does have the Brock Lesnar contract and we just don't know. Yeah. Well, I would love to see something where <laughs> it would be funny if like Otis was like I got a message on tout and it was like the wrong time. Like he'd have to say something ridiculous. Like he'd have to be like, she messaged me on ICQ, AOL instant messenger and said 930. Which was probably a good thing because when he was texting Mandy at the start of the show, his thumbs were completely immobile. He was holding his phone, but you couldn't see his thumbs move. And you know, you know, anyone who speaks out what they're typing on a computer is never tech savvy. My 69-year-old aunt does that when she writes nice. her emails and she she and then she turns to me and is like, "Where how do you send the, the email again? You pressed send, Auntie Lil." Oh, okay, thank you. You know that so you know he's not tech savvy. Yeah. So Otis looks dejected. 
leaves. I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. Of course you are. We are all interested yeah. in seeing where this goes. And do you know why? Because it's been really, really well done yeah, from has. the start. They could have they could have fallen into the usual WWE trap fall. Uh, trap, yeah, trap falls, right? Uh, where you know Otis suddenly turns out like like he's this he's he's a sleazy, uh, horny son of a bitch, you know? Or yeah. Mandy just Jezebel's him the whole way. No, they're they're. Actually- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details actually doing something interesting where Otis is super relatable where Mandy Mandy likes him we don't know how much she likes him but she likes him enough to be like yeah let's go on a date and things are happening because of Dolph Ziggler who is purposefully trying to sabotage it you know he's doing this on purpose you know that this was his scheme he was just biding his time and he was waiting this is what this is what his plan was it i mean it's a basic elementary story but they're doing it well because because they have the right people in all the roles yeah it would it wouldn't it works because otis is playing the part it works because um, because it plays off of Dolph's strength. How do you think that, that Sonya should react next week? Should she be like, I'm kind of disappointed in you type of thing to Mandy? Like, how should she play that? Because that's the thing. This is the talking point. Mandy didn't what wasn't like, didn't brush Dolph off. She could have yeah. just been like, hey, man, I'm on a date. You know, you know, just like sit down, Dolph. No, 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 no. So, yeah, next week she needs to be chided. There needs to be, yeah. there needs to be. Someone comes to her and says, look, look at what happened. And, and besides, Maybe it's, it's a television show. She's going to see the footage at some point. Yes. If not her, Otis's mom is going to send the footage to her. You know what I mean? Mama Otis is going to pull out the VHS and is going to pop in a tape and send that over post haste uh, UPS right. to that to, to the woman who broke her little boy's heart. And like, look at what you did. This is what you did. And Mandy has to feel bad about it. Tim Traver sends a super chat and says, Somebody ask my dad about Bluetooth. What? Tim. Tim. (laughs) I mean. Okay. Tim, I I love you, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Seamus defeated Apollo Crews and Shorty G. Uh, If they're going to do this with Seamus, they got to do something to make him way more interesting. There are some rolling kicks from Gables, uh, Gable, uh, some moonsaults and shooting stars from Cruz. They did not look great though. They were kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. And then a brogue kick beat both of them. Eh. All right. Eh. I, I, I just, I'm not there on Seamus right now, man. I'm not there on him. Well, cause, cause he's, he's beating up little, the smaller guys. I mean, that's not, 
you just it, toss it, toss him in with with some some strong competition, some some bigger guys. It's not as if they're doing anything really interesting with Roman Reigns these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that would be something a little more believable. Then you'd have like you'd have the both of them slapping each other around and that'd be cool. And but all due all due respect to Sheamus, we've seen him have his runs like four times now. Like mm-hmm. and there's not enough different here. Like when he was at the bar, there was enough different about him to where I was like, Hell yeah, fresh run. It's a tag team, cool. It was one of the best tag teams around. Him as a singles guy, I, I I don't care about watching him beat guys for a while, then get embarrassed by somebody that he doesn't take seriously so he can do sure. his boo-boo face on TV. Like, I'm, I don't care that much. There, two things to this point. When he, was, it, when he was with Cesaro, there was a lot more personality to him yeah. as well as, there, as opposed to now where he's just like, I'm going to beat you up. And and the thing is, is I've pointed this out a couple of weeks ago when he was doing his backstage promos, and we're here. We we've seen this not that long ago with Drew McIntyre. This was essentially Drew McIntyre's return to to WWE. You know, the locker rooms got soft. I'm coming to beat people up. I'm 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 the real deal. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. It's and it's not all that far removed. Why would this be interesting? There's no reason for this to be interesting. Hulk Hogan is via satellite after a Goldberg retrospective video, and he kind of recounts Goldberg doing his thing. But Firefly Funhouse interrupts, and Bray Wyatt does his thing. Says he's been saying his prayers, eating his vitamins. Um, he doesn't say anything about dropping in bombs, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Hogan talks back, but Bray implies that he might attack. And I, I will say... I did like that Hogan was like, I'm not dealing with this. I don't want to give him the satisfaction. I'm leaving. See you, see you guys in Tampa, brother. Um, all things considered, I thought this was pretty solid. And Bray just being like a mental terrorist is – to anybody who even endorses Goldberg, I'm cool with. The, I, first things first. Um, Hulk Hogan said – yeah, brother. I met. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I I met Goldberg in the ring. I know who he is. I met him in my prime. I'm like, dude, 1998 Hulk Hogan is not prime Hulk Hogan. Just saying. Um, and uh, and and think about it. We had tonight, Sean, Hulk Hogan being Bill Goldberg's hype man. Yeah. On television in 2020. That was kind of wild. This was a I liked the segment a lot because because of Bray Wyatt who with when he was talking to the uh, Husky Pig character, he, he was saying I'm just here with Hulk Hogan, a couple of five-star uh five-star dudes talking about muscles. Yeah. And, you know, some great lines. I like the the New World Order stuff. It was good. It was it was as good and charming as charismatic as Bray can be. And if he if he slaughters Hulk Hogan, I am completely okay with that. I think that's even necessary. Mandible claw. Give me it. Yeah, that's it. Sami Zayn and Cesaro are out in the ring with a cowbell and ukulele. I will say that I thought this was the best segment in this feud. And this really needed it. For me to even want to see more of them, it needed it. Elias interrupts them, gets a cheap pop. Zane says he's staging a protest, so Elias is staging a counter-protest. 
Zayn is conducting things in the ring, and he says that he wants a lot less cowbell. But the crowd, Warren, they wanted way more cowbell, and that was that made the segment. That interaction about the cowbell was great, and Cesaro teasing like, "Should I just do it?" They they want it. That was good. Elias ends up getting attacked, and Strowman makes the save. Uh, a second highlight of this was Elias and Strowman just heaving the security guard, who clearly mm. is a is a hell of a high flying indie wrestler because he took that great. But the heave and the cowbell, good stuff. I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. It was it, it was good. Uh, Sami Zayn again showing that. You know, you you just give give him a little, uh, give him a little, and he'll create a lot. Like he's just he's just good at it. The only time you the only it takes pretty bad creative for Sami Zayn to be unable to spin anything. <coughs> Lashley sisters <coughs> to be to be unable to spin something good out of it. It was it, it, it was fun, and it. This is kind of what Elias needed as well because, well, we haven't been in, enchanted by Elias's interactions. Yeah. We don't think that the that the uh, the babyface turn is working for him. I don't think it's I don't think it's good. But here, at least, was able to play off Sami Zayn, who compared himself to Billy Bragg, which I thought is the most Sami Zayn thing ever. Um, I, I posed yeah. the question on Twitter. Who is the most interesting male heel on SmackDown? Of course, you had all those tokers out there saying, Baron Corbin, best heel in the business. And I'm like, no, I, I can't, for the life of me, I can't see how someone says that without being a troll. I can't see how someone says that unless they're trying to convince themselves that they think they know something about wrestling that, that like, that nobody else knows about. Oh, but he gets that heat. No, man, people don't want to watch him. And that's no disrespect to Baron Corbin because during the King of the Ring, I sure as hell wanted to watch him. Yeah. That was good stuff. Those were good matches. Baron Corbin has done stuff. Uh, it, the matches with American Alpha when he teamed, mm-hmm. I think, with Rhino back in the day. Uh, breaking Ground. I wanted to watch that. Anytime he busts out a new move, I want to watch that. If we're talking like the most interesting heel male on SmackDown, it might be Sami Zayn. At this point, and the only reason that I say that is because he's not getting beaten every week because he doesn't wrestle. <laughs> but you and I were talking off the air. You had said this is booked like an '80s show, and I was like, you know, it kind of is. You don't have any real dominant heel. The Fiend gets cheered, mm-hmm. so you just have this nonstop carousel of people like Baron Corbin that are like this. Whenever they get embarrassed or they get dog food thrown on them or something like that, and then you. <clears throat> You have Sami Zayn embarrassed, and you have Nakamura embarrassed, and you have Cesaro embarrassed, and it just goes over and over and over again, which leads to our main event segment, and god damn, do I have some problems with this. I'm, I'm gonna, I might just sit back on this one. No, I'm kidding, I'm getting paid. <sighs> so I, I wanna, I wanna put over John Morrison, I thought this was his best performance. Sure. John Morrison was the highlight of this match. He switched to a sliding knee instead of that crappy running knee that we were talking about. He missed a 450, and it's amazing how effortless he he makes that look. He mm-hmm. did that flip over the top rope that looked awesome. Yep. Uh, Brian slipped up a little bit in this match, but uh, he was the mystery partner. Roman Reigns is supposed to pick his partner, and 
this is a little bit under the radar, but they've teamed together four times on TV this in the year. WWE on Fox era. But oh. before this match and throughout the broadcast, there was a little bit of static coming through on the show. And it's obviously deliberate, but what do you think that could be? I, 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 I'm trying to figure it out. I'm really trying to figure it out. Um, I like that they make us wonder. I know. And it, it, would they be, would they be pulling Killer Cross straight off the bat up onto Maine? You know, they've had, he has had some, you know, some teasers on, on his Twitter account, you know, the TikTok stuff. And maybe that's it. I, I thought it was a fiend thing until. Yeah. Uh, until the fiend popped up to do a segment, I was like, "Okay, this isn't it." So yeah, no, I'm I'm wondering, but honestly, I'm drawing a complete blank. I have no idea who this could be. Roman Reigns won this match with the spear. So now I'm going to talk about all the problems that I had with this main event segment on SmackDown. First off, who was in the match? The Miz and Morrison lose. The team that is being groomed to face New Day for the Tag Team Championships just lost a tag team match to Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And you know what? Two of the best performers of our generation, understandable. That being said, this could and should have been the revival. Why? Because they're not being set up for a tag team title match with the New Day. Mm -hmm. So that's easy. You just don't have Miz and Morrison taking the loss here. Have the revival do it. They're leaving anyway. Who cares? Roman Reigns picks Daniel Bryan. Sure, as I said, one of the best performers of the generation. Why not one of his cousins? That se- that does seem a little bit weird. It- well, the, well, the Usos probably can't get into Canada these days. Well, there you go. Of course, they're not going to explain that on the air. No. But-, but what they did explain on the air, Warren, was that Baron Corbin had been fined and was not allowed in the venue tonight. Now, Baron Corbin shows up and attacks Roman Reigns after this match. With what, Warren? His a, scepter. A scepter. Anybody here been through WWE security? <laughs> he ain't getting that through. Maybe if he would have hit him with a, a replica money in the bank briefcase, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he gets through. So Baron Corbin apparently bought a ticket to this show because he was banned from the venue, brought in a weapon, Rolled in, security didn't stop him, attacked Roman Reigns, and joins his his throne, which is awaiting him on the ramp. Keep in mind, not supposed to be at the fucking venue! It is little things like this that mount up and make you wonder how much attention is really being paid. Did Miz and Morrison need to lose here? No. Did they need to win here? No. Yeah, don't gotta, just because I'm saying they didn't need to get beat does not mean that I say they should beat Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. It could have been the revival. And people say, well, that's, it's not a main event. Everybody knew they were gonna lose. Well, you know what? You had a really good women's championship match that kicked off the show! It's not difficult. Everybody on this show has been 50-50 to death. And Mm -hmm. that includes the two 
generational performers that I just spoke about. Roman Reigns has been losing matches to Baron Corbin. And getting one-upped by Baron Corbin here and there. Daniel Bryan lost a bunch of matches to The Fiend. And John Morrison, you know what? I got no problem with him getting thrown out by Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. That doesn't bother me at all. But the guy beat Kofi Kingston and Big E in singles matches. And you turn around and you just have him and Miz lose a mm-hmm. main event tag match. Why? Why did you need that? Did you did you need that? Because I don't think so. I think the revival would have been good here. It could have been good in the middle of the card. Did you was the lasting image that you needed? Was it really Baron Corbin standing tall? Because I think it's just as effective if it's Bailey and Naomi and Carmella at the end, whatever. And if they don't have the confidence in that in those three to do that, I, I don't know what to tell you because. Here's the thing, if I remove that outlier and I say, hey, who is the most interesting heel on SmackDown instead of the most interesting male heel? Well, that answer's Bailey. And I don't know if that's a good thing based on mm-hmm. the way that they've handled her. But the fact that she is the most interesting heel despite how they've handled her speaks volumes about this absolute dog shit storyline. And the thing is, with pro wrestling, I am... I'm very forgiving. If it makes sense and it's okay to decent, I'm pretty stoked, man, because there's a lot of programming on. There's a ton. You got like 10, 12 hours every week that we cover. There's a lot. These guys have been feuding since like September or October. And it's going to continue through the end of this month at Super Showdown. Oh, and by the way, at least probably another week, if the preliminary advertising for Wells Fargo Arena is true, because they're going to be in the Elimination Chamber too. So you get another week of that. Cut the shit, man. It ain't working. You need to build a strong heel. And let me tell you guys, Sheamus ain't it. It worked. Four years ago, when Sheamus came in and and won the title, it worked for one match. It worked for the Roman Reigns match one time. Mm -hmm. That ain't your answer. That was the main event. How'd you feel? Um, pretty much the same way. And I I felt that I felt that Miz and Morrison were the logical win here. I mean, Baron Corbin showed up. He could have easily cost Roman and Brian the match. They need to continue hyping the match for the Saudi Super Show, and for of course for because this feud will never end. So just have that happen and have Morrison and Miz go over because they we we know the history, but there is a lot of fans, a lot of new fans out there as well who don't necessarily are who aren't necessarily aware of. Ms. Morrison and how uh, that they were a tag team and how that they worked really well together. So it's good to reestablish that at the same time so that they do get the big wins moving into their big title match. I they're they're still sitting on so many people. And right th- right now look, and it, they're they're sitting on so many people and we saw Apollo Cruz pop up tonight. Where's been Mustafa Ali over the past few as well? Dark but matches. Then, Sure, but I mean, I'm on TV, of sure. course, is what we're talking about. Where has he been? 
But then again, Mustafa Ali is another baby face. And it's crazy to me that WWE, at least on SmackDown, is having such a hard time building building proper heels. And they will sit around and tell us week after week, oh, Bill, uh, uh, two hours of uh, live programming is really, really hard. We have a writer's room of 12 guys, but uh, by God, pal, it's really difficult to do that week in, week out. Whereas in the meantime, and again, we were talking about this before coming on the air, Sean. Every other weekly program that you and I cover individually or here on Fightful has fantastic, at least a fantastic heel, has compelling baby faces. We talk about Raw and how they, how many over baby faces do they have right now on Raw? And then they have Seth and his group, which are absolutely perfect. Let's not yeah. even get started on Dynamite these days on AEW. And JF is growing into something absolutely nuclear that I did not expect. That I did not expect this year, anyway. Uh, NXT, NXT has the undisputed era, and yes, Full Sail likes to cheer for them, but they're still heels and they're still over. And it's the same thing on NWA. They're doing a fantastic job there as well. What the hell is the problem with SmackDown? SmackDown is literally the bottom, at the bottom rung of all these programs yeah. because we're we're Raw's been consistently good. NWA's been consistently good. Dynamite has been exactly that. And it, and, it was and with a banger of an opening match too. And they still yeah. found a way. And they still found a way to tank it. So – at some point, you can you can only blame the talent to a certain point. The creative has to back them up. We have a great example with that with Britt Baker over on on Dynamite, uh, and it, it's the same thing here. If you if you just give uninspiring drab beige stuff where you're like this will please everybody, you end up pleasing no one. You have to focus on something. You have to give us. A story, something something that we can sink our teeth into that plays to the strengths of the of the uh, of the people that you're that 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 you're hiring, that you're using in these creative circumstances. But at the same time, give them give them stuff to do yeah. that will make them credible. And it, that's the main problem that we have with Baron Corbin. It's just he's saddled with corny, corny garbage. Yeah, I like it. I like, I don't even know what the hell his name is. Whoever the guy is that plays Baron Corbin, not familiar with the fellow's real name. I like him because I mm -hmm. saw him on Breaking Ground and I saw him become a compelling indie hating character on there. And when he's facing Apollo Crews at TakeOver and he says, go back to Ring of Honor, of which Apollo Crews never wrestled in Ring of Honor, but to Baron Corbin, everything not WWE would be Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. I thought that's that's phenomenal. That's brilliant, whether he knows it or not. And that that was a good character. He went from the NFL to WWE and didn't worry about high school gems, and that was brilliant. In the ring, when he's not slapping on the half Nelson crossface and sitting there for two and a half minutes, three minutes, you see him do a ripcord slam. You see him do a, a deep six with about six revolutions and slinging somebody. You see him with the most protected finish in WWE in a long time, and a damn good one at that. You see him put on really good King of the Ring matches. Then 
WWE on Fox starts and he's the guy that shows up and gets beaten up by whoever's there. He's the mm-hmm. guy that gets his plan foiled and puts his hands on his forehead and looks around and milks to the crowd. He's the guy that's doing this silly shit. He's not, he's not six foot four former NFL player with the deadliest finishing move in wrestling. He's not former Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. He's not former Intercontinental Champion. He's not guy that beat Roman Reigns. They make him to be a joke and I get it sometimes the heel gets his comeuppance and all that stuff, but when you're this low on heels, and the fiend ain't a heel, my friends. Mm-hmm. As much as they want him to be, he ain't a heel. It's a real sad state of affairs on SmackDown. Um, Jamincito Gomez says, Cena, Elimination Chamber, or The Fiend? I don't think either one of those. Do no, I think? don't think so. I don't think so either. The, the trajectory for John Cena, honest to God, the trajectory for John Cena is heading to WrestleMania to fight R-Truth. Our truth fighting his childhood superstar, his hero. I, I mean it. This is the match that we deserve at you, WrestleMania. Absolutely. You know, if they didn't advertise John Cena for Mania this year and he showed up and did 24-7 shit, I would yeah. love it. I sure. would love it. Because, you know, in past years, he's had to buy a ticket to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So... And, and, and could you imagine then our truth? Of course, he's always within the, the aura of the 24 seven title having these, these, these existential questions. Do I go after the title, which is currently held by my hero? You know, you could, you could actually have some great creative back re-injected back into the 24 seven title. Cause right now Riddick Moss ain't it. Mm-hmm. Warren. Plug your stuff, man. You're hosting NXT TakeOver Portland's post-show Sunday. The reason for that is I will be on the Triple H media conference call right after NXT TakeOver. Uh, so those will be streaming concurrently, guys. I'll be live-tweeting it as well. So I encourage you guys to watch Warren and Alex this Sunday, but follow along with me on Twitter. But if you are, even if you're not in the Cincinnati area, you can listen on iHeartRadio. I'll be on ESPN 1530 this Sunday. I'm going to Cincinnati. I'll be in studio, uh, with Rich Achino, uh, hosting the entire show this Sunday afternoon ahead of Portland. Warren, where can the people find you? Over on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, I do a show every Thursday evening live at 9 p.m. recapping the week. I'll also be doing a prediction show tomorrow morning at 11. AM if you're into that for Takeover Portland. So go check that out as well. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking Takeover with my boy Alex. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Kathy Kelly's leaving. Any quick thoughts on that? What a shame. However, it's a shame because she's natural. She is extremely charismatic. But, you know, if I'm her, because she's very, very good, I want to be something more than a glorified mic stand for WWE. Yes, if they let her show more more personality, I probably would have stayed if I were her. But uh, yep. you know, you know what? I'm kind of partial, but I hope Denise Salcedo ends up working there as an interviewer. I'll, I'll lose a Monday co-host, but I would love to see her doing that. She did some great stuff uh, at, at the SoFi Center, whatever the hell it's called. She did great stuff there. Kristen Ashley, friend of Fightful, says, Happy Valentine's Day, friends. Indeed, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I'm pretty sure she wasn't talking to you, Warren. Wasn't talking what? to you. 
Until next time, we're I'm out. I'm a friend. I'm a friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.